I'd just like us to excuse the rise for a moment. I don't know if there's anyone who in the past week, you know, you, you woke up and you thought to yourself, something has happened, something is going on in your life in the days before, could have just happened the night before, but you, you woke up and you thought to yourself, if that was not just a bad dream, I don't want to wake up. You could have gone through something, so you're going through something. You have got news so debilitating, something so, so um, discouraging that you think to yourself, I'd rather not get up this morning. If you've had that sort of week, the Lord is here. His word says that if you come to him, you'll find rest for your souls. Only one, there is only one who gives rest for souls. A lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of um, activities or none can promise rest for your body. But even that is not quite rest if your spirit is restless. But our Lord Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, offers us rest for our very souls. Peace beyond understanding. Last week, George preached on peace that makes no sense, which actually is the peace that makes sense because the prince of peace is in control. And if we come to the prince of peace, then we have peace that would make no sense to the human mind, but makes sense to the mind that understands and has a relationship with the Prince of Peace. And so this morning we are in his temple. Yes, it's just, if you think about it in that sense, a physical building, but it's a place consecrated for his worship, set aside, made holy. And so we come together in this house for that reason, because we know it's set aside for his presence. Holy Spirit, Father and our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one who is three in one. Lord, we say thank you because we have come into your presence, into the place of your dwelling. And we can say thank you, Jesus that whatever we've passed through, whatever we've encountered, whatever we have heard, whatever things want to give us this eve, whatever things want to steal our peace, we have come to the place where we just walk into, step into your glory, step into your place of mercy, and we receive help, grace to help us in the time of need your peace that passes all understanding. And we say, Father, thank you that in this place when we have come into, we will not depart from it the same way we came in. Even if we came in with peace, we'll live with greater peace, enough to share. Because we embody your Holy Spirit, because you dwell in us, we are so privileged that we can, feeble people as we are, we are able 
to have you dwell in us with the Holy Spirit. So we say thank you, Father. Take control this morning. May your presence fill this house. And may we know you in greater measure that, Lord, when we leave, we will leave with joy, with certainty in our hearts that we've been with our Father. And our lives are complete in you. In you we are complete. All things consist in you. There is nothing that was made without you. And so we say thank you, Lord Jesus, the one who owns the universe and holds us in his hand. Thank you, Father, because today we receive your peace, we receive your joy, we receive your word for comfort, your strength for the rest of the journey. And then above all, on top of it all, in addition to it all, we receive your abundant blessings for prosperous living. For as long as we have breath and are on this side of eternity. Thank you, Jesus. In, the, in your mighty and glorious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. So the glory of Zion. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, the darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And then we go to Matthew. 25, 1 to 13, and it's the parable of the ten virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There, are, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Good morning. Um, let us pray. Father God, we come to you 
to thank you for your word, your precious word that goes out and does not return to you void and empty, but accomplishes all that you desire for it in our hearts and in our lives for your praise and your glory. Amen. It's so good to be preaching again after my cancer journey. That's been very challenging and painful. But through it all, I've found a new joy and strength. And I've received some miracles on the way. My passion to preach has been strong. And September this year, I asked the Lord, do you have a word for me to preach? And as always, I say to him, unless you give to me, I have nothing to give. And he said to me, pick up from where you left off. And that was September 2019, when I preached the realms of glory. So many times the Lord has given me the message, and I've preached on the glory, revival, Jesus' return, and that's still my heart, even for today. The message that we have today is, the glory is coming. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are we ready? Many of you will remember that I preached from this first scripture, Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. It's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to the church. And, and we read on, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. And we see that so well in the world today. So much darkness, so much evil. But the Lord rises upon you. He rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And it says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We think about that. When glory comes, when revival comes, people will come from all around when they see and hear what is happening in this place. And we read here, lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons, your daughters, your loved ones, those whom you've been praying for. Let's see them in our mind, sitting amongst us, coming to the Lord. And it says here, and then we will look radiant and our hearts will throb. They will throb and swell with joy. Oh, how wonderful that will be, those we've been praying for coming to the Lord. And it says, the wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Hallelujah. Blessing upon blessing. The next verse, if those who were here remember, I said I didn't feel I'd go any further because it says, and herds of camels will cover your land. <laughs> and I couldn't see Swanley. <laughs> With all those camels, no. So 
What is um, Isaiah really saying in this scripture we hear of? He's saying the church needs to wake up. It needs to arise and shine that our light, the light of Christ within us, may shine that the glory of the Lord may come upon us. That whatever spiritual darkness there is around us, whatever is happening in the world, we, the people of the Lord, in our obedience, will be covered with the glory of the Lord. We may think that this scripture is for Israel, but it's for us too. If you read in Romans 11, we read the words that we are grafted in with Israel. We are grafted in like wild olive branches that are grafted in to the natural tree of Israel. And this took place when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And do you know what happened in the spirit realm? When we received Jesus, we were translated from the... Um, we were translated from the lineage of Adam into the lineage of Jesus. Isn't that exciting? We no longer belong to the world. We belong to Jesus. We are in the family of God, in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The glory is coming. The glory is coming. Are we ready? Before revival comes, we need to be truly repentant. So repentance comes before revival. But before that comes humility. And as we read in this verse, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, a verse we're familiar with, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Oh, how we need the Lord to heal our land. How we need to him to heal us and our lives. And when the glory comes, healing and miracles are easy <laughs> because there's so many suddenlies that the Lord will do in the glory. Hallelujah. If we look into Revelation, we find seven churches there that each one was told to repent. In the Ephesian church, they heard the words, you have forsaken your first love. Oh, may we never, ever forsake our first love, the Lord Jesus. May he always be seated on our hearts that we may worship him alone, that he may be the only one that is seated on our hearts. But whatever we put before him, then that would be seated there. So, no, we want Jesus there. 
as our first love always. The church of Sardis, they heard these words, the Lord is coming, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. This is the crown of life, eternal life. So we need to hold on to what we have. The church of Laodicea is likened to the church of today. And the message that they had was, you're lukewarm. You're not hot. You're not cold. And we read in the verses there that the people were saying, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. They were comfortable. They were lukewarm. And the Lord said if they didn't change, he would spit them out of his mouth. Oh, how we need to be hot on fire for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us see what the prophet Haggai said years ago about the church of today. For these words are powerful. For the Lord said to Haggai, in a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desired of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. So the glory is coming. The greater glory is coming. Hallelujah. Revival is coming. It's coming. And we may well know about the Welsh revival in 1904. Well, I have on several occasions shared these words from someone who was there that come from the Assemblies of God. Her name is Sarah Trinder. She was a senior pastor. Now, some here may not have heard these words that she said to describe what was going on in that time of the revival. And so, I share these words, not only for those who are here and not heard them, but for us who've heard them before, because they just light me up, I know that. And this is what she said. Time after time, worship was the means of breakthrough. It was just as though heaven was bursting through onto the earth. Glory was spilling out everywhere. Do you know the songs were coming from the hearts of the people? Songs of mercy and grace and glory. The women, the children, the poor, the broken. It was absolutely amazing. The presence and the power of God just filled everywhere. 
what wonderful experience that must have been. And you may have heard about the Brownsville Revival in 1995. There was a man, there's a man there, a pastor called John Kilpatrick, and he prayed fervently for revival to come to his church for many years. And on Father's Day, the glory came down upon the church. And I'd like to share with you just a little glimpse of a video clip of that day where a young girl called Charity James is singing Mercy Seat. And Steve Hill is giving the altar call for people to come forward to repent and to receive Jesus. So if we could have the video clip, thank you. singing here, I'll just share a few in the beginning. She says, in the darkness where everything is unknown, I faced the power of sin on my own. I did not know of a place I could go where I could find a way to heal my wounded soul. He said that I could come into his presence without fear into the holy place where his mercy hovers near. I'm running I'm running, I'm running to the mercy seat. Some of us here would remember that we had a taste of revival in this church. In 1994, we had a man called Jonathan Conrath come to preach. He'd come from a place where there was revival. And much happened within our church. The glory fell. Well, I had two visions at that time. One was of a speedboat going very fast through the water. I could even see the polished wood inside and the steering wheel, but there was nobody in and there was nobody driving it. And the Lord said to me, this is not driven by man but by me. And then I had a vision of three bulbous drops of water. And I went to Elizabeth Wells, our minister's wife then, and I asked her, could you pray and ask for an interpretation? And she said, the Lord said, now is the drops of water, but the deluge is to come. <laughs> Hallelujah, the deluge is to come. Well, in, in 20, 2003, in this church, I used to have a time, an hour of prayer, and we used to gather together, and I had a pot of, of earth, and I had some seeds that came from Israel to me, from a friend, and I planted those seeds in the earth for revival here because my heart is very much for seeing the Lord send revival to this place. The glory is coming. Revival is coming. Hallelujah. There's a man, a minister in America, 
he gave this prophetic word and he said he had a dream and in the dream he saw a wind and he said it was not like a wind that blows through the trees it was like an airplane and he said it took off and it went to the UK and he said that he saw it it was revival coming to the UK and then it would go down to Rome in Italy it would then go down to Israel and to other places well he had this dream at the beginning of this year so let's be expectant <laughs> and wait for the glory to come hallelujah the glory is coming revival is coming Jesus our bridegroom is coming and we the church the bride we need to be ready as a spotless bride. For in Ephesians 5, we read these words. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless so we need to be pure and holy as we wait for that day to come some years ago the Lord showed me a vision of a bride and she was in her beautiful white gown and I saw the vow was over her head about to be put on and the Lord said to me the last part of the bride's outfit is the vow before she goes to the wedding feast and the vow he said was symbolic of the glory coming upon the church hallelujah so the glory is coming upon the church before we meet Jesus and if we go back into that scripture in Isaiah 60 we read the words here the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Hallelujah. The second scripture that we had today from Matthew 25 is speaking about the ten virgins. And there were five who were foolish. They did not take enough oil in their lamps but the wise however took oil in their jars along with their lamps because the bridegroom was a long time coming they had enough oil and when the midnight cry rang out here's the bridegroom come out to meet him they were ready what does the oil symbolize it symbolizes the Holy Spirit we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we come to the Lord to repent of our sins, we ask him to cleanse us with the blood of Jesus, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And that's not just at the time when you receive Jesus. It's, for me, it's daily. It's looking to being pure and holy and cleansed 
to meet the Lord, ready for his return. But these foolish ones, they did not have enough oil. And when the bridegroom came, they asked of oil from the others, but they said, we w there won't be enough for you and for us. Go and buy oil. While they were away, the bridegroom came. And the brides that were ready went in for the wedding feast. But when the others returned and they knocked on the door and said, Sir, let us in. But it was too late. It was too late. And they heard these words. I tell you the truth. I don't know you. How awful to hear those words. But we as the bride waiting for Jesus' return need to be not only full of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. Because Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And in verse 16, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you anything in my name. In Matthew 7, we read of the good tree that produces good fruit and the bad tree that produces bad fruit. We will be known by our fruit. The olive is a fruit, I've learned, and we need to have the fruit of the Spirit, the oil in our lives, so that we're ready for Jesus' return. The scripture verse we had on the service sheet this morning says these words, He makes his winds messengers. He makes his angels messengers. Flames of fire, his servants. Who wants to be a flame of fire? I know I do. Thirty years ago, the Lord was calling me to be baptized in full immersion. But I said, but Lord, I've been baptized as a baby. And he persisted in keeping on asking me, and I was tallying. <laughs> and then I said, but I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you need to be baptized in water first, as it says in Matthew 3. But there's a scripture that says where Peter said to the people, these people have received the Spirit the, they've been baptized in the Spirit. Who can stop them from being baptized in water? And I knew then the Lord was really speaking to me. And he's then said, you will stand before me one day. I want you to be baptized in water. And it was just as I was entering the prison ministry. So when I was baptized, I had a vision. And I saw a wall of fire on the horizon of the sea. That has always 
stays with me because in Matthew 3, we see baptism in water, baptism in the spirit, and baptism in fire. And some time ago, many years, I had a vision seeing myself preaching with fire coming out of me from my head and my arms. And it was an exciting vision. And I hope that today I'm being ignited that the fire may spread. When I was a child, my dad used to look at the fire and say, well, it's going, it, it could be going out. It's, uh, the flame has gone down. And he would take a newspaper and put it in front of the fire. And I expect many of you can remember your families doing the same. And when he put the paper in front, he would draw up the fire. Very often the fire, the paper would catch fire and he would rub his hands and put it out. And I, I can remember that and, and seeing that in my mind, I think of how I want the Lord and I pray that he will draw the fire up within me. And may he draw that fire up within each and every one of us because the glory is coming. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are we ready? Let's ask ourselves, is there anything in our lives, our homes, that is not honoring to the Lord, that we may get rid of it? Is there any sin we need to repent of in our lives? No matter what it is, for the Lord sees and knows anyway. And he longs for us to truly repent and be right in his eyes that we may be blessed. And there's a wonderful prayer that King David said when he sinned. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Hallelujah. And I also read, to follow that, this word the Lord guided me to in Daniel 12. Speaks of, it's entitled, The End Times. At that time, Michael, the archangel Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, these words. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Hallelujah. Thinking of that Isaiah 60 that says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. 
in Matthew, we see about the virgins. It's the wise who will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, they're going to shine like the stars forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greater glory is coming. Revival is coming. I felt an urgency to preach this message and so thankful to George for humbly allowing me to bring this word that's been burning on my heart. So let's be ready as wise virgins with plenty of oil as we wait for the greatest event of all times, the rapture, when Jesus returns for his spotless bride, the church. So as the wise virgins were ready with extra oil, we too may be ready for heaven's call. We do not know the time or day when our bridegroom will come. But as we see what's happening in the world, where prophecies are being rapidly fulfilled, let us keep our eyes on the Lord and watch and wait. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And the word says, therefore encourage each other with these words. So as we wait for the glory, the greater glory to come, as we wait for Jesus, our precious King of glory to come, let us prepare our hearts as his spotless bride, ready to meet our bridegroom and share eternity with him in glory. Let us pray. Father God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would touch each one of us and move upon us by the power of your Holy Spirit to set us on fire for you. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us, you would have mercy upon us, forgive us for all our sins. For we come and say that, Lord, we repent in Jesus' name. Cleanse us with his blood, we cry out, Lord, have mercy. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us now as vessels for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs>